Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Crucial Conversations. I'm Peter. And I'm Kevin. And we're back for another episode, maybe episode 34, if I'm remembering my numbering systems correctly. But, Kevin you, Kevin has no idea if I'm remembering the numbering system correctly, because you don't keep track of that sort of stuff. I also don't believe in numbers. Well, yeah, we've had that conversation, too. N- numbers aren't real or true or... Any of that stuff. So, yeah, that's another podcast, Kevin. We're not, that's not this episode. Yes. So, um, if you're interested in supporting what we do financially, crucialproductions.org slash give is the place to do that. Any little bit helps. We appreciate it greatly. Helps us continue doing this, but more importantly, getting out projects like the Bible in Five and Anchored in Christ with Pastor Matt Richard and more to come. But of course, Always support your own congregation first. Make sure you're giving to keep your pastor delivering word and sacrament to you in your own church because that's actually more important than what we're doing here. Right, Kevin? That's correct. (laughs) We're doing a podcast, and Kevin's already distracted by something else, not podcast. The Bible. Okay, I have to give you that one. If you're going to be distracted by the Bible in a podcast about the Bible, I guess that's okay. That's the way it goes. So today, not only are we going to talk about the Bible, we are going to enter this conversation about the Bible by talking about the Athanasian Creed. The Hasbazana? Yeah, yeah, because if you're on the three-year lectionary... Which we probably need to explain that too, because that's, that's the only true lectionary series. That there yeah, is. but it's the whole lectionary thing is kind of odd to some people. But the point being, this coming Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, and the following Sunday is Trinity Sunday. And on Trinity Sunday, once a year and only once a year, and never again throughout the year shall it be done, do we recite the Athanasian Creed. So if you're wondering what that is, well, that's why. <laughs> Because you only say it once a year. And yet, uh, Kevin, as you said, as we're preparing for this podcast, well, we claim that we hold to this and we believe it and that it's part of the Orthodox Christian faith. And the creed itself says, look, you actually have to believe this. But nobody ever remembers it because you only ever say it once a year. Yeah. So, hence this podcast episode. Hence... Whenever you say hence, that means you have no idea what's going to come next. <laughs> well, no, that means I'm handing hence it off to you. the podcast. So, Kevin. So, the Athanasian <laughs> Creed. Um, it's, yeah, we should we should read it or recite it from memory or whatever we do. Um, I can't recite it from memory, it so is, that's not going to happen. It is, um, since, since we are Lutheran-type folk and we confess Lutheran-type confessions, this, this actually is one of our confessional creeds. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when Luther talked about the creeds, very often he included four creeds in his discussions, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, and the Te Deum. The Te Deum was the a te creed? The Te Deum, Luther often talked about it as a creedal statement of the Interesting. church. Interesting. Yeah, and then and then there's uh, l- several places in Luther where he, he actually talks about the three creeds, and it's the funny thing is he leaves out the Nicene Creed. <laughs> they talk about the Apostles' Creed, the Athanasian Creed, and the Te Deum, which is kind of strange, too. That, that so, is odd. Um, the point, though, is that this this creed is actually a very important creed in the history of the Church, although it has a very different history than 
the other two main creeds, which would be the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. So let's just be clear. And it's got usually a when you say the three ecumenical creeds, mm-hmm. that's referring to the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. Which most Christian denominations, I mean, for the most part, if in you're the if, West. in the West, if they have like a formal statement of this is what we believe, it is a very common for the three ecumenical creeds to be part of that. Even if they are, are anti-creedal, a lot of times their their statements of faith will actually be some kind of paraphrase of the creeds, which is kind of strange. Yeah. Like, we or, don't or, the creeds, then you read their statement of faith, you're like, hey, that's the Apostles' Creed, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, when we're talking about creeds, these are not um, found in the Bible. You're not going to open your book, your Bible, to you know, Habakkuk chapter 17 and read the Apostles' Creed or something like that. If you have Habakkuk 17... Then call me. Your Bible has other issues going on. (laughs) I want to see that. Um, But the point is, this this is not scriptural text, meaning that the text of the creeds themselves are not in scripture. Yeah, you you won't find these, each phrase, you'll find the concepts and the thoughts, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but you, you can't find even each phrase necessarily word for word in scripture. Right. Every once in a while, there'll be a couple where it's like, oh, that's actually a direct quote, depending on the creed. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you won't be able to see this sentence anywhere in scripture. So, so one of the things to understand with the creeds is that this, in a lot of ways, the creeds are written to help the church talk about what it believes. Yeah. And the reason that's important is because um, it, we, we as, as sinners, well, let's even back up from there. We as not God, <laughs> right? Um, we have a propensity of getting God wrong. What? Yeah, we do. Does that anything, have anything to do with my concupiscence, it Kevin? Can, but I wasn't going to say it then because it isn't necessarily just that. Yeah, but I just had to get it in first you this did. time. You did. That's, that was the only reason I and said it then. But, but it even has to do with the fact that we just, we just aren't God. And so the church throughout her history has been beset by errors and false teachings and schisms. Well, we've had hence and beset in the yeah, same know, podcast fun, episode. Yeah, um, we're on a roll. So... So as errors creep into the church, it's important for people to know how to speak about what we believe correctly. Mm -hmm. And yes, you can quote the Bible, and that's a very good thing to do. The creeds are summary statements of how to confess very important doctrines. Yeah. Even to the point of giving us words to use so that people understand that we're confessing what the church confesses. Right. Okay. We, we do the same thing in a similar way with the small catechism in, in that it is a summary of what scripture teaches and, and different ways of good ways of talking about it. So, so in the small catechism, as we, as we encourage our, our youth or just plain force them, to, <laughs> we'll be honest about to it. Memorize yeah. it. One of the reasons we're doing that is so that we speak this, the language of faith, right? Mm hmm. Um, so that it's very powerful for every person to say, well, what does this mean? I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, that phraseology or something very similar there too helps us understand very quickly a very important concept in, in the teaching of justification by grace through faith. And when my kids recite that exact same phrase, this is part of handing the faith on, right? Right. Now, it is not in, in place of Scripture. Right. But it is a summary of the scriptural teachings. And that's really what the creeds do, is they summarize the Scriptures. Now, this is going to sound strange, but just, it's okay. They also help us learn how to read the Scriptures. Sure. I can see so that. So the creeds throughout the history of the Church have served to say, well, when you think about this concept, there are errors that have crept into the church, and these creeds will help you to avoid those errors. So, so we'll get to the Athanasian Creed in a second, but, but you all know, assuming you know the Nicene and the, and the Apostles' Creed better, um, just think through the Apostles' Creed. We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Okay, fine. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and born, born of the Virgin Mary. So, so wait a minute. Are, are you saying, like, so So the question is, how, how did Jesus become incarnate? You go, well, I think, you know, Joseph and Mary got married and just had a kid a natural way, and then God said, I really like you. I'm going to make you my son. And and someone who knows the creed goes, um, wait, no, that's not no, how the story No, that's goes. not how it happened. That's not how the story goes. Yeah. He was conceived by the... Holy Spirit. Oh, so he's just a spirit baby that really wasn't human. You go, no, 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 wait a minute, wait, no. He was born of the Virgin Mary. So so Mary and Joseph, it was just by their... No, 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 because she no, was still she a... she was a virgin. Virgin. See, all yeah. this is in that, that easy statement of the creed that all of us know from memory. Yeah. So so the creeds help us confess the truth of they, Christ. They are guides yes. in that sense. And, and I actually... Not kidding at all. I, st- I still believe that the, the greatest witnessing tool you have is the Apostles' Creed. Sure. When someone it's, it's, says, Everything's well, in there. Well, what do you believe? You say, well, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And, and as I ask you questions, you can say, well, I just, I just explained. He, he died. He was buried. And on the third day he rose again, and then he ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he come he will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to happen. <laughs> like, well, what about you know prolific? You are know, like, okay, seriously, it's it's really easy, right? <laughs> this is, and the, so so the creeds really in this day and age when people are, are like, well, I think there's all kinds of different truths. You say, yeah, okay, fine. Here, here's what the church teaches. And here's what I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And we can just recite the same words that were recited for millennia now, right? Mm-hmm. This is what the church confesses. And the Athanasian Creed is actually one of those creeds. And one of the reasons I want to do a podcast on the Athanasian Creed is because, and, and I say this because we're all friends here, <laughs> it's my favorite of the three creeds. You're so weird. Well... That there is that. This that is nobody's this favorite, discussion. Kevin. Yeah, it That's is not mine. how the Athanasian Creed works. I know you're supposed <laughs> to hate it or something, but, but I the reason I, I've grown to love it is because I've taught it a lot, and and every time I teach it, it, it gets easier to me, it gets hmm. simpler to me. Okay, instead of I think everyone walks into the Athanasian Creed and it's so long compared to the other creeds, 
and it seems so circular that people just give up. You just turn off your brain. Yeah, you're like, this, I don't get it. I'm just going to recite this for the next five minutes, and it'll be done, and I don't have to see it again until next year. Right, and I don't get it. Right. But but really, I just thought of something. Really? <laughs> We've had a thought. It's not that hard. It's actually a very simple creed. You just opened the shades in the window? It's to give you more light, because you said it was too dark in here. Oh, yeah, but I'm I'm reading the Athanasian Creed off my phone, so I, I can see I that's just, just fine. It was just a previous comment. I thought, <laughs> well, we could just open the shade. God is giving us light. <laughs> Anywho, um, so the Athanasian Creed, here's, here's the basis of the creed. This creed, um, <laughs> it's even hard to talk about the creed. Yeah, yeah, how did we get this one? Do you know when it well, came about? Well, we don't know. We don't have a clue when this thing was written. Okay. Um, Athanasius was actually a dude that lived in the fourth century, so the 300s. Okay. Think mid 300s for Athanasius, mid to late 300s. Um, but this creed, we have no evidence of this creed before the fifth century, so it's a hundred years after he died. But the greatest evidence is in the seventh century. Hmm. So the best the best we can do is is trace it to this guy named Saint Vincent, who was from France. So some French dude wrote this. Wow. Well, maybe. We don't know for sure. Okay. Um, but it was written in Latin, not in Greek, like the other two creeds. Oh. Because of the, the time. They were, right, they were they were chilling with Latin. Then. They had started making that yeah. switch. Yep. Latin was big. Um, all the cool kids were chilling in Latin, right? All the punk songs were in Latin, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's written in Latin originally, not Greek, like the other two creeds. And uh, we don't know exactly who wrote it, but th- that's the best guess we have. Um it's named after Athanasius, not because he wrote it, but because it espouses his theology. It teaches what he taught and what he actually died to defend ah. in, in many ways. Um, Athanasius was actually persecuted his entire life for defending um, what we would call Orthodox Christology. Now, was Athanasius the opponent of Arius? Was yeah. Was that so, his contemporary so Arius, foil, if you will? Arius and Athanasius were, were kind of um, theological opponents in the time that led up to the writing of the Nicene Creed. So was it actually Athanasius that punched Arius in the face, or was that yeah, Santa see, Claus? See, you just make up stuff, and then you <laughs> got to figure out what names to fill in. So um, this isn't where we're supposed to go, but I guess we're going there now. I know. This, so Arius it, Sometimes was, history is helpful. Yeah, I don't think so. I said but sometimes, not yeah, all the time. Sometimes, only in historical times. So <laughs> in, in modern times, it's just kind of silly. But... What happened in the early church? So this dude named Arius, who was actually a bishop, and he was a very popular bishop. He had like the big church. He was like the, the mega church pastor. And he started teaching that Jesus was God, but not the same God as the Father, that he was some kind of like a lesser God kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? And this was really popular in the church. Like, re- this was the main teaching in yeah, the church. Yeah, everybody believed Every, it. Everybody was like, yeah, Arius is awesome. It's like, obviously, it this sense, is the way right? it works. God the Father is really God, and Jesus is God, but not at the same level of God the Father. And Athanas- Athanasius and his buddies were like, that is so wrong, it's ridiculous. Like, Jesus is really God. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, yeah, he's God, but he's not God. And they're like, no, 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 he's the same God as the Father. Like, very God of very God. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do you mean? And like, well, we mean begotten and made. We're like, well, well, that's fine, but he's of a different substance. Like, no, 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 substance. Not homoousius, but homoousius, right? Yep, yep. So, so being of one substance with the Father, and they're like, whoa, no, that that can't be. And they're like, yeah, that's actually what the Bible says. By whom all things were made. Right. So he was things, even there then. Right. So he's not created. 
And, and, and that's actually the point of the Nicene Creed is to defend the, the Orthodox Christology that Jesus is fully God, equal with the Father, eternal, mm-hmm. not created, right? All this stuff that's in the Nicene Creed in order to refute Arianism and some other and, um, yeah. Christological heresies that had, that had creeped up in the discussion with Arius. Because Athanasius was not the only guy defending the church against Arian heresy and, and other heresies. Other people were doing it, but some of them actually led into other heresies, which is really oh. fun, right? <laughs> so, and the enemy of my enemy is not my friend in this particular case. No, it doesn't the, work that way. Christology is, is, um, exclusive. is important and exclusive. Yeah. So um, that's really where Athanasius made his mark, was, was um, defending the biblical truth of Christology against Arius. And that's really what you have in the Nicene Creed, mm-hmm. right? This this explicit defense of the true humanity and true divinity of Jesus, <sighs> which is in the Athanasian Creed as well. But the way the Athanasian Creed gets there is through the Trinity. Okay. And this is why the Creed confuses people, is because as the Athanasian Creed helps us understand how to talk about God, it does that by using technical terms. And it says these technical terms are correct with the understanding of what they mean. And that's, that's the hard part, because I know you we've talked about this in the past where so, some of, I mean, I'm hoping this is where you're actually going with this, but some of the Athanasian Creed, the, those technical terms aren't necessarily drawn from Scripture no. as technical terms. They're actually drawn from the field of philosophy mm-hmm. and are accepted technical terms from the field of philosophy. So that's where we have to be careful in how how we treat them and which is good. I mean, we're not saying that I mean that makes them bad, but it does mean that if you don't understand that, you can actually go down some very dangerous, weird roads with the very creed that's intended to guide you down the right road. Right. So <laughs> so let's let's not do what we don't want to do. Let's not make okay. this weirder than it actually is. Cool. So let's get to it. So here's here's the um here's what you need to know about the Athanasian Creed. Let me just tell you what it's about and then maybe we'll read part of it or read the whole thing or something. Um here's what you need to know. If you memorize this, you'll get the entire creed right. When it comes to the Trinity, think one substance, three persons. Okay. Okay. One substance, three persons. Now, here's what you can't do. That's what you're supposed to think. Here's what you can't do. Now, you cannot divide that substance into parts, and you cannot confuse the persons. For each other. For or each wi- other. Or with each other. With each other. Or so, mix them up. You cannot divide the substance. There's not three gods. And you can't confuse the persons. The Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. It doesn't work that way. So there is one substance and three persons, right? Mm -hmm. You can't divide the substance and you can't confuse the persons. That's the entire point of the first half of the creed. Hmm. That's it. Yeah, it it is. (laughs) That's all it's saying. It's not saying any more or any less. And And then it's just listing the different ways in which you could possibly do those things and to not do them. It gives examples of those things. It says, so what that means is there there, there aren't three almighties. There's just one almighty. 
And yet the Father is Almighty, and the Son is Almighty, and the Spirit is Almighty, but there's not three Almighties. There's just one Almighty, because there's one substance, which is Almighty, but there's three persons. Mm-hmm. But you can't divide the substance, and you can't confuse the persons, right? Right. So so that's all you need to know. That's It's not any harder than that, and it's not any easier than that. There is one substance, right? There's one divine essence. That's another way to say it. And you so can't divide es- that up. Essence and substance are the same thing? Are those well, the same terms? Yeah, okay. Because they're, they're all translations. Now we're getting into translation oh, issues. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, but but it's really easy um, just to stick with with it to say, um, I'm looking at our translation. The translation that we're using in the Lutheran Study Bible, or not, it's not what I'm holding. Lutheran Service Book. Lutheran Service. It's the same. Our hymnal. It's the same abbreviation. So, And I'm reading it in the Pray yes. Now app. Which, right, so go ahead. If you have the Pray Now app, it's actually one of the canticles. So technically it's not a canticle, but that's the section you'll find it in if you have the Pray Now app. So where am I starting? I'm just going to start reading. All right, here we go. We are going to read the whole thing. That's awesome. Cool. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all else, hold the Catholic faith. Whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled will, without doubt, perish eternally. Okay, we're going to have to unpack that a bit. And the Catholic faith is this. What we worship, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated, the Father infinite, the Son infinite, the Holy Spirit infinite, the Father eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. Just as there are not three uncreated or three infinites, but one uncreated and one infinite. In the same way, the Father is almighty, the Son is almighty, and the Holy Spirit almighty. And yet there are not three almighties, but one almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and yet there are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, and the Holy Spirit is Lord, and yet there are not three lords, but one Lord. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord, so also are we prohibited by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords. The Father is not made nor created nor begotten by anyone. The Son is neither made nor created nor but begotten of the Father alone. The Holy Spirit is of the Father and of the Son, neither made nor created but begot- nor begotten but proceeding. Thus, there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in this trinity, none is before or after another. None is greater or less than another. But the whole three persons are co-eternal with each other and co-equal, so that in all things as stated above, the trinity and unity and unity and trinity is to be worshipped. Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the trinity. So what we just read is the first section of the creed. Um, it's, it's really about two-thirds of the creed. And... The entire thing is simply to explain the statement that there is one substance and three persons, and you can't divide the substance nor confuse the persons. That's yeah. it. And we just listed a whole bunch of ways in which you could potentially do that. And then said, don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, we gave a bunch of positive examples of how we can talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can you say the Son is eternal? 
Yes. Yeah. Can you say the Father is eternal? Yep. Yep. Can you say the Holy Spirit is eternal? Definitely. Can you say that the Holy Spirit, therefore, is the Son? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Can you say that there are three eternals? No. How many eternals are there? There's only one. Because there's only one... One God. Substance. One substance. Three. Persons. You can't divide the substance. You can't confuse. So saying three eternals would be a division of the substance. Right. You can't do yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, see, and that's all the creed does. That's it. That's all it does. I thought we weren't doing math today. No now math. We're, now we're doing math. No math. Actually, math will mess you up. So, <laughs> so what the creed is actually doing is simply reinforcing this one concept, that there is one God. We are monotheist, right? Mm-hmm. One God. And that God exists in three persons that are named for us in Scripture, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Easiest place to think about this is Matthew 28. Right, Matthew twenty eight nineteen, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can also look at most of the greetings in Paul, um, the ending of Paul's letter. A lot of times he'll have a some kind of a trinitarian blessing. You think of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Yeah, right. Yep. So we have trinitarian blessings. Um, you think about Genesis chapter one, where you have the Father, you have the Holy Spirit hovering over the, the waters, and you have the, the spoken word of the Father, which is Jesus. So you have a trinity there. Um, you even have, and I know one of my prophets will have to forgive me for this, but you have holy, holy, holy in Isaiah chapter 6, where, where God is spoken of as a threefold, threefold holiness, mm. which is at least an allusion to a trinity. Maybe not be confessing sure. the trinity, but it's an allusion to the idea. So, so this idea of trinity is actually, the word trinity is not in the Bible. Right. The word substance is in the Bible, but not necessarily, that's not necessarily where they're getting it from. The word person is in the Bible for sure. Yeah. But that's, again, they're also used in a philosophical way. Um, but what this creed is really getting, getting at is there are a lot of errors that people are prone to fall into when they talk about the Trinity. So they'll say, oh, you believe in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you believe in three gods. Actually, and, each time both of us misspoke or nearly misspoke. Yeah. We would have ended up in a major heresy. Exactly. That's that's the point. And so the this creed, actually the earliest use we have of this creed in the church was for the clergy to recite this so that they would not mess up when they taught about the Trinity. Yeah. For the clergy to get it in their minds of how to use terms correctly when they talk about the Trinity. So when we talk about the Trinity, are we allowed to talk about the Father as eternal and the Son eternal and the Holy Spirit eternal? Yes. Can I say, therefore, there are three eternals? No. Nope. Can I say there are three gods? No. Right? So, so right. that's the point. Is it says, okay, you can, you, you can talk about three. You can talk about persons. You can talk about Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But you can't talk about then three gods. That you, doesn't work. You have to keep your ones and threes straight. Exactly. <laughs> and you got to keep your persons separate, even though they're one substance. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, that's easy. Well, not really. But <laughs> it's actually simple to understand as yeah. far as a concept goes. It's, it's this simple. Just keep it in your head. One substance, three persons. Don't divide the substance. Don't confuse the persons. That's it. Now, here's the clincher, though. The real point of the creed is yet to come. Mm-hmm. Because this is actually the point. Okay? So now we're about two-thirds of the way through the creed-ish, maybe a little less than that. And it says, 
But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is the right faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the same time both God and man. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man, born of the substance of his mother in this age. Perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. One altogether, not by confusion of substance, but by unity of person. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ, who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again on the third day from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, God Almighty, from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. At his coming, all people will rise again with their bodies and give an account concerning their own deeds. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. Whoever does not believe it faithfully and firmly cannot be saved. Now, let's back up. I've got questions. Yes, no kidding. you got questions. <laughs> but let's back up and make it simple again. Just as the first part was simple, so is this part. Yeah, when I'm already comes, seeing the common themes there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. When it comes to Jesus, you got the same kind of issue, right? You have one person, two natures. Mm -hmm. You can't make it two persons. Can't divide the person. And you can't, you can't confuse the natures. The natures. Exactly. See how it works? Yep. So in the Trinity, there's one substance with three persons. In Christ, there's one person with two natures. You can't divide the person of Christ into two Jesuses, and you can't confuse his two natures either into one nature or some, or some kind of third nature. You just can't do that. That doesn't yeah. work. So when it comes to the Trinity, review. One substance, three persons. Don't divide the substance. Don't confuse the persons. When it comes to Jesus... One Christ, one person, two natures, mm -hmm. divine and human. You cannot make two Jesuses, so you can't divide don't, the person. Don't divide the person. And you can't confuse the natures. You yeah. can't combine them, or you can't even separate them too much. Right? Yeah. You, you just got to be careful with the natures. So, so it's, again, it's extremely parallel, but it's also important that you understand how these fit together. Because in this trinity... One of the three persons took on flesh. Remember, you can't confuse the persons. Yeah. So did the Father take on flesh? Nope. Did the Holy Spirit take on flesh? No. Just just the Son. Son. See? That's the point of the first half. You've got to get that right. Because we do not say the Father was incarnate. We do not say the Holy Spirit died on the cross. Why? Because that'd be confusing the persons. Do we say that God was divided in two while Jesus was on earth? Or that God the Father has two natures? Yeah, well, yeah, that's the whole other issue. Right. But from the first half of the, of the creed, do we say there are two gods now that Jesus is on earth? No. No. Still one substance. We, that's right, exactly. Because we'd be dividing the substance, right? We yep. can't do that. So yeah. we can't confuse the persons, can't divide the substance. That means when we talk about Jesus being God, 
We don't get rid of the first premise. We don't get rid of the first part of the creed in order to, to understand the incarnation. We still stick with the fact there's one substance and three persons. We can't divide the substance, can't confuse the persons. But now one of those persons, one of those persons has two natures. Mm-hmm. That's the incarnation. The son, right, who was not created, not made, but was begotten, that son of the father was born of the Virgin Mary and has two natures, divine and human, right? Mm-hmm. But there's not two Jesuses running around. You don't, have, <laughs> you don't have a human Jesus and a divine Jesus, right? Right. Right. And you don't have a Jesus with some kind of weird third substance or one nature. You or, actually or have some Jesus who started off as a human and just kind of became infused with that second nature right. later on. Right. Yeah. yeah. So see, see, all of a sudden we're just avoiding all these errors, right? Yeah. That's the point of the creed. It's it's extremely helpful to uh, to avoid the errors. Where I've also noticed that it's helpful is when you're having these kinds of conversations. I, I can think of a couple in the last year where the, the conversation went in a weird direction because we weren't careful enough with we were either con, we were either dividing the substance or confusing the persons or dividing the person of Christ or confusing the persons of Christ natures. or the natures in Christ mm-hmm. in one way or another without realizing that's what we were doing. In order to make my theological point over here on the right... I ended up in a heresy over here on the left because I I broke these rules, if you can phrase it that way. Now, now you just said something that's extremely important. Okay. Who cares if you break the rules? <laughs> I mean, really, what? Who cares? Well, according to this, if uh, I don't, if I, if uh, I don't believe this firmly and faithfully, I can't be saved. Right. Why? This is part of my question here, because I'm like, okay, that's a really strong statement. Uh-huh. So if I get into this conversation, mm-hmm. I mess one of these things up. You can't be saved. Yeah. My soul is at stake in this podcast, Kevin. Yeah, it actually usually is. We we're going to tell you that. but <laughs> Not for the first time. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is why it's so important, and, and I want everybody this, to hear this, this. And this is, I think, why this po- this. Creed is so scary, yeah, and people I, avoid it because it's like, okay, that's a really uncomfortable I really statement that you end with. I really didn't think we had enough to fill a whole podcast, and, and now we're going to be at the end, and so I even get to some of the important parts. But, yeah, well, then now we're getting to the questions but, I have about this creed. <laughs> but here's what I want to get across, is that all of this, and, and I'm very serious about this, so, so if you haven't listened to anything yet, listen to this part. Mm-hmm. All of this is revealed because this is what God did to accomplish your salvation. Right. When we talk about the person of Christ the incarnation, the two natures, the one person, the suffering of Christ, right? How, how both natures are always active in all of his actions, and yet we assign actions to certain natures and say he suffered according to his human nature, right? Mm-hmm. He walked on water according to his divine nature, stuff like that where he is the almighty God according to his divine nature. It doesn't mean the other nature isn't there or isn't active. We're just saying that when it comes to that action— that's showing us that nature, right? We say, well, he did that because the human nature... He's revealing is, that part right. of himself to well, us. Revealing, or that's what... We, yeah, however you want to say it. It's kind of interesting. That's why they stick with according to. Right. But <laughs> but when you read Christology, especially like in Chemnitz's book, The Two Natures in Christ, and other, other Christologies that really understand this biblically, the point is, why? 
why did Jesus do this? Mm-hmm. And the answer is to accomplish salvation for sinners. And that, that's what the last third of this creed right. talks about. Is that all of this is so that you might be saved. And, and that's really the point. Why do I care? about my words being correct when it comes to God. Okay, but this creed is telling me that it's my works that are going to save me. No, it really isn't. You just wanted to say that because it's scary. But that's the plain reading of the text. No, it's not. It, it is. That's ignoring, those who that's ignoring 90% good, of the text and contrary one line. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. That's pretty clear, Kevin. That's what Jesus says. Over and over. Wait, and wait! Over you're again. you're gonna throw Jesus's words at me in this? Oh. Yeah, and and again, I just wanna I wanna say it out loud. Well, again, it also said Catholic. In so order, in order for us to concentrate that one line of the text, we have to avoid the entire creed. Yeah, and pretend that that the entire Trinity and incarnation, death, resurrection of Jesus wasn't actually for our salvation. And, that and, we're just gonna forget all that right. and say I've got to earn it for my good works. And and the reason I bring that up is because if you have these discussions on the internet. That's what. I'll That's talk. all you talk about is that so, one line. It's like so. Wait, there's hold on. A there's minute. two things to talk <laughs> about, and and one is, Rich, real quickly. Only have a couple minutes left. Obviously, get to the biggest question that people have. I said we need to make this a two part episode. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. But but the point is, yes, you are going to be saved. You are going to be judged based on your works. That's true. It's it's true throughout Scripture. I mean, there, there's no getting around this. Yeah. Those this, who do evil are condemned. Yeah, and that's, those who do good the are saved. State in which you're in. I mean, if you do good, you're saved. If you do evil, you go to hell. This is not a non-scriptural teaching. This is exactly what the Bible teaches, mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again. So what, here's what the question, forget. Peter: How are you doing in that? Awful. You need a savior. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not actually doing good. Right. So his name is Jesus, and he is one person with two natures. Right, and that person is one of three persons of the Trinity, so there's three persons but one... God. Right, so don't divide the substance, don't confuse the persons. Oh, substance is what you're looking for, yeah. There are two natures, you know, and and so we got to run it back through. And the point is, where are you trusting for salvation? Well, if I only read that last sentence, me... I don't care where you read the last sentence. Where are you actually trusting for salvation? Jesus. Right, the, the entire substance of the creed says... Trust in who God is for your salvation, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you want to just keep going and sinning and you don't care about this, God, it's not going to work out well for you on Judgment Day. There's because, actually an element of law and gospel to this Yes, creed. exactly. Yeah. So this almighty, eternal God is coming to judge, mm-hmm. right? He is. And his judgment will be swift, and it will be very easy. If you've done good, eternal life. If you've done evil, you're going to hell. The other law that I often hear in this, at speaking myself, is this. If you don't believe this, right. you're going to hell. And I'm like, okay, but this entire thing is long and confusing. I mean, that's how we started off. How And now you're telling me that my eternal salvation is dependent on me actually getting this. Not only believing it, believing it faithfully and firmly. Yeah, and if in my mind, faithfully and firmly means I actually have to understand this. See, and, and I have to grasp and this that's just silly intellectually because, because I'm pretty sure um, Peter by no fault of his own has a very cute daughter and <laughs> definitely not my yeah, fault. Yeah, that's not his fault. Yep. And and she's she's one of my favorite people and um I I know her really pretty well. 
And I know she believes this. Mm-hmm. And doesn't understand a word of it. Right. And and that's that's the point. Go back to the creed and read who God is. Yeah. And everything that he has done to accomplish our salvation. And even then when it gets to being good and doing good works, and, and you remember that the scriptural teaching of good works is that it's God who works good works in us by the power of the Spirit. This is one of this is the fruit of faith, right? Mm-hmm. So that those who do good are those who are in Christ. And those who are do, do evil are those who are outside of Christ and therefore standing on their own merit. Yeah. And when we stand on our own merit, judgment will always be swift and decisive. Yep. And we will lose. Yep. But when we stand with our robes washed in the blood of the Lamb, right? Mm-hmm. Welcome to my Father's kingdom, prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. Not because of who you are, but because you are standing in Christ. Mm-hmm. You are in his right. And this is why, as Lutherans, we, we treasure, we say so much silly things like remember your baptism. Because what we're really saying is, you're in Christ. Don't forget that. Yeah. When you were baptized, you were baptized into Christ. You receive the Lord's Supper. You receive Christ, right? And, and his righteousness covers your sins. It forgives your sins. It washes away. When you receive the word of God and by faith you confess your sins and receive absolution from your pastor as from God himself, mm-hmm. right? And then you say, on that last day when Christ comes, how am I going to stand? I'm not going to stand up there and say, look at me. I'm going to stand up there and say, I'm with Jesus. Yep. And, and my entire hope is in this, that God will look at Christ's righteousness and his robe will cover over my sinfulness. The point of this creed and all others is to point us to Christ Yeah. for, for our salvation for us. And that is the crucial conversation. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks.